Hello, this is Christian Bush, and welcome to episode three of Geekin' Out, my new podcast. Every episode is a new person talking about what they're obsessed with that has nothing to do with their job. The only requirement is that they're totally geeking out on it and they want to talk about it. From kung fu movies to Japanese whiskey, from old Atari video games to roasting pecans, from rebuilding old cars to collecting baseball caps, tell me what you love, why you love it, how you got into it, and what makes it awesome. Every episode's presented in three chapters. Chapter one, my guest and I talk about what they're obsessed with. Chapter two is a game I call Trajan, where my guest and I turn each other on to one thing that we've discovered. And chapter three closes the show with me talking about music that I'm currently geeking out on and why. I believe that curiosity is contagious and the life is better with a soundtrack. So let's go. Chapter one. Today's guest is the amazing Hunter Kelly. Hunter is a country music journalist working for Rare Country. Hunter first interviewed me when Sugarland first released our song Baby Girl way back in the day. I have never met anyone like this man. He is unforgettable. And funny enough, he was the person who actually inspired the idea for this podcast. I caught up with him in Nashville, Tennessee one sunny afternoon over the summer. Am I feeling so wrong? My head's in the game, but my heart's in the song. She makes me feel so good. Let's get your head in the game from High School Music. Hunter Kelly, welcome to my podcast. Welcome, Christian. It's so good to be here being interviewed by you. It's usually the other way around. I know, it's a turning of the tables, but I like it. I love the way that life works. <laughs> yes. Tell me, uh, tell me what you do, who you are, where you're from. <laughs> Really quickly. Okay. I am Hunter Kelly. I am a country music journalist, reporter, gadfly, if you will, just about town in Nashville. I work with Rare Country. I'm their senior correspondent. So I'm interviewing people like you who make the country and Western music all the time and uh, eat, lo- love the country music. And I uh, grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. I've lived in Nashville for 18 years. So, so as a as a, you're a journalist by mm, trade. Yes. And how long have you been a journalist? 12 years. 12 years. What did you do before that? College. I mean, not really. <laughs> Starbucks. I stayed at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, no, I really found my niche with writing at, when I was at Belmont. I started writing for the uh, paper uh, about music, music that I loved, and then worked into syndicated radio, worked with um, Clear Channel and then ABC News, ABC Radio for... A decade. That's and where I met you. Yeah, I met you when you interviewed me for ABC. Yeah, so that was that was a hoot, you know, just covering country music for ABC News. So really being a point person for them on all things country. Got the job when I was twenty four. Kind of crazy. Kind of felt, you know, and grew up there. Now here we are. What are you into? I'm into hotels across America that have dramatic architecture or that have historical significance. So it's really. Every trip I go on, I try to stay at a hotel that includes, that falls into that, or go visit them. So, yeah, I mean, it's really like I'm a hotel tourist, I guess. 
<laughs> okay. How long has this been going on? Well, picture it. 1989, Atlanta, Georgia, where you're from. Um, we stayed at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Atlanta. And um, it was a memorable trip because I loved staying at... I had expensive tastes as a child growing up, growing up in Alabama. <laughs> Um, favorite TV show was Dallas. Loved like Robin Leach, Lifestyles Rich and Famous. So the Hyatt Regency in Atlanta is a very dramatic hotel, and it was very high end. Um, it's still a very nice hotel, but in my mind, it was like the palace. So the atrium. Yeah, describe it for people. The a- who don't yeah, know. the atrium is twenty two stories, goes straight up. It was the first one um, that John Portman, who's a very important architect, designed. It goes all the way up, so it's just a very dramatic lobby, um, very tall. And then at the top, it has a rotating bar and restaurant, which is the hallmark of these Hyatt Regencies. This was the first one. So you go up in, into, on the roof and have a 360-degree view of the city. Uh, so this was the first one that John Portman did. And now there are these old Hyatt. Some of them have been changed, but the Hyatt Regency... That was a real calling card for them to have the have. dramatic atrium, right? And that's just and the, the rotating it restaurant. Looks like something out of a sci-fi movie. It does, right? yeah. The Marriott, the Marriott Grand Marquis in downtown Atlanta, across the street, uh-huh. really looks like you're inside a spaceship. It's kind of the same idea, except it goes up forty stories, but it really looks like some kind of alien ship that you're on. So much so that it was, I think, it was used in the Hunger Games. Oh, it probably was. Yeah. Everything in Atlanta seems to be. Wow, but this is really, I mean, it's just really dramatic. So, how many of these have you seen? I mean, do you make it a point to... I do make it a point. And and how how do you, do you document it somehow? Well, there's actually a list on Wikipedia, which is my, you know, as a newsman, it's my official news source, I always say. (laughs) So trustworthy. Um, But they actually have a list of, I mean, the rotating... The rotating restaurants is, and, and bars is really what we've started going across the country collecting. So there's actually one in um, Florence, um, Alabama, um, really? at the Marriott property there. Yeah. And there's one in downtown Nashville. They basically built the Sheraton, used to open as a Hyatt Regency in downtown Nashville. And so it's got that really dramatic open atrium that goes all the way up. So it's really stunning when you look up but the um there's a rotating restaurant at the top right here in our hometown but it's been shut down because of health code reasons i've looked into it several times and was actually friends with the manager over there who's moved to another hotel since here in nashville but he said that's why but um do you ever sneak up there no and i always meant to it's one of those things i've called about it i've posted about it on youtube but i've never snuck up there but I do understand that you can rent it out for um, private parties. So everybody I know with money, I'm like, why don't you, you have an anniversary coming up? Why don't you rent that out so I can go up and see this uh, rotating um, rotating restaurant so in my what, town. Else, what other cities have you seen? Dallas. Dallas. Um, that was a twofer, really, the Hyatt Regency. The ACM Awards were in Dallas um, a few years ago, so I went out there. And the Hyatt Regency downtown is featured dramatically in the opening of my favorite television show, Dallas. <laughs> So I had to stay there. And um, there is a Wolfgang Puck restaurant that rotates. Um, there's the, the the Reunion Tower Ball next okay. to the Hyatt Regency in downtown Dallas. And that rotates a lovely experience. It's a Wolfgang Puck property. And um, 
I was just watching a TV show um, this past weekend about the Erie Canal, and they showed Rochester, New York, and I spotted what looked like a rotating restaurant. So I'm like, well, i got to go to Rochester. <laughs> flying in and out, of, go to Tampa, Florida, flying to Tampa, Florida every year for vacation, and the, the hotel at um, the Tampa airport. Has a rotating restaurant? Well, it shut down in like 2012, I learned. I wonder why they shut down. I don't just know. Just people don't want to go rotate? Well, it feels like it's one of those wonderful things from a bygone age. Yeah. It's the same way that like we used to get dressed up to go fly on airplanes. Yeah. Well, right? that's, that's the... That's, that's part of why I love these hotels, like the Hyatts, that just seem so, and that are that are maintained. But they, it's like a portal into a past era. It's like you're on like a Pan Am flight with like these fabulous outfits and a full meal, and just or like in a you know a fabulous Cadillac from the '60s or '70s. It's just really the Hyatt Regencies. What they were doing with those was really taking travel like up a notch from the Howard Johnson to. Sure. Luxury hotels sure. in a new way beyond like the old school hotels, like the Drake and um, the Fairmont in San Francisco, the Drake in Chicago, which I got to stay at um, both of those last year as well. So, what was that like? Well, the hotel, the Fairmont in Hotel was actually used in the TV show Hotel, Connie Selick and James Brolin. It's an Aaron Spelling show on ABC. So every time I go into a night, really nice hotel, I hum or sing the theme song to hotel. <laughs> so to actually sing the theme song to hotel Would you in the lot. Very dramatic. Yeah. That's awesome. That those are my jam. Yeah. No. Oh my goodness! Talk about a gem from a bygone age. Yeah. That is now crumbling on the side of a mountaintop. Well, and that, that's like the Drake as well. It's re- really well maintained, but the walls were so paper thin. We were in a room, and we were just quietly about eleven thirty. Four of us listening to Olivia Newton-John, like you do. At eleven thirty. At eleven thirty at the Drake, and the co- the the hotel security was called upon us because they said we were too loud. But it was quiet. I mean, calm down. I think it was might have been magic from the Xanadu soundtrack. It wasn't crazy. <laughs> you know, it wasn't so a those thumping eight oh eight. Yeah, so those walls are paper thin, and you know, when you get those hotels like the Hyatt Regency that were built in the sixties and seventies, I mean, they had pretty good insulation. That hotel, the Hyatt Regency, the first time we stayed at it in 89, though, we were there for an Atlanta Braves game. And so my dad freaked out because they were playing the Dodgers, and the Dodgers were staying there. So we met Tommy Lasorda, um, Daryl Strawberry. I was probably seven or eight at the time and did not care at all. But Dad used me to go meet these people, so I was kind of his guy. So <laughs> I just, and, and pets, yeah. So right. I mean, the, my first time going in there, um, I just remember, you know, that was unique you know, seeing celebrities, seeing famous people in this dramatic hotel. I mean, it made a really dramatic impression, and um, yeah, just fascinated ever since. Went to Kansas City a few weeks ago and stayed at what was the Hyatt Regency there. It's now a Sheraton, but then they had a. I believe there's a Weston attached to it, so it's all this big complex. And um, there was an indoor garden at the Weston. Oh, really? that had been, it was like the 60, um, I mean, it had to be 72, I think, early 70s. And it was just untouched. I mean, you feel like you're on the set of Three's Company or something. It's just, <laughs> it's just great, you know? 
So have you traveled uh, beyond the cities? Have you gone to like the Berkshires or any of these places where you know there's going to be some preserved places? Like I know there's some places in Michigan, mm-hmm. you know, and oh, like old, like dirty dancing resort. Kind of like have you ever have you ever put your foot into that world? No, I haven't. And usually it's because when we go to a city, there's a reason, like an artist we want to see playing there um, or a place that my boyfriend wants to go. <laughs> right. So you're piggybacking. The, yeah. So I'm the, piggybacking like, oh, what hotels can I see there? Huh. Um, Do you yeah. have any that are on your list right now that you, you haven't seen that you're pretty excited? Well, really or at my, least Miami. I mean, Miami. Miami. Um, yeah, I think the Fountain Blue, just because um, it uh, it's one of those places I've, I keep looking at and I mean to go, but there hasn't been an, hey, let's go to Miami, you know, kind of thing. But, you know, the uh, the whole thing, I mean, in Dream Girls, they yeah. made their debut at the Fountain Blue. Was it the Fountain Blue? We'll say it was for these purposes. <laughs> but also in the Bodyguard, you know, Rachel Mayer and the big Rachel when it explodes in the, you know. The fountain blue. So I love that there's somewhere there's the Venn diagram of movies that you love and hotels that yeah you they overlap. Mm-hmm. That so that's a really that's a really big big part of if it. If you as had well. to if you had to if they were going to film uh, a movie of your life and there was going to be a hotel in it, what would they? Oh well, that would probably be the Winfrey Hotel in Birmingham, Alabama, which is now a Hyatt Regency, incidentally. Uh, it's attached to the mall, the River Chase Galleria. So, yeah, I just had a lot of memorable stuff go down in the Winfrey Hotel. Um, it was really, you know, going to the mall it was a big deal, but also this hotel was really nice. And so uh, several things I remember about the Winfrey Hotel growing up. When I was the Fox 6 Star Student of the Week for Gardner High School on a local Fox affiliate, they had the gala there at the Winfrey Hotel. This was my senior year of high school, and there was a news anchor I'd always wanted to meet named Janet Hall, still on Fox 6, the affiliate. And so I finally got to meet her, and um, that meant a lot to me for reasons that I don't want to get into because we'll never stop talking. Also, my Meemaw was in the Miss Alabama Nursing Home pageant representing Hansville Nursing Home about 2000. And so she was, I mean, it's the same. Is that the same hotel? It was at the Winfrey Hotel in the ballroom. In the, huh. So um, also the first time I really connected with Naomi Judd from the Judds was in the lobby of the Naomi Winfrey Judd Hotel. From the Judds. From the Ju- Naomi Judd of, of the, the Judds, Judds fame <laughs> was in the lobby. She was speaking there at the, at the hotel, and I met her in the lobby and had my first meaningful exchange with, that was my first meaningful exchange with the Judd. What, what would you mind? If, what was it, the exchange that was so meaningful? Well, it was just really about connecting with her um, a little bit and telling her about my love for the Judds and how much they're. I mean, the Judds are really foundational for me musically. So I had her sign the box set, sign a tour program, and also sign a photograph I got in the year before um, at their fan club party here in Nashville. So got I it. still so have. You weren't stalking at all. In the lobby. Oh, I was squirming for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> and this was before. I mean, did she? Did she make sure to sign your name? Love to Hunter. On, Love on to Naomi Hunter. 96. So that you can't sell it on eBay. I wouldn't want to. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. Love you, to Hunter. Love to Hunter mm-hmm. is how it went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. So the Winfrey Hotel and. Uh, 
It's still there. I actually went there two weeks ago for the first time in a long time. And the thing about hotels when I'm going and exploring that can really rob them of joy, it's happened twice to me this year, is when there are weird-ass comic book conventions going on. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, you what. what's not in <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I know that the all of the Atlanta hotels that you talk about, mm-hmm. um, mostly I see them now when I go to weird-ass mm-hmm. comic Oh, yeah. So when I was in, they're just completely full. They're, they're full. And so I'm trying to enjoy the architecture and or the nostalgia and just live in this time period of the 60s and 70s. And then there are all these weird. Like stormtroopers aren't really gonna. Well, it's not storm. It's also furries, which has a whole sexual component that's weird. Yeah, that's cool. And you can't find a furry to talk on this podcast. Yeah, you way. you really do. So okay. I just really should start calling ahead, and being like, "Hi, I would like to create a fantasy <laughs> for myself. Are there any weird ass furry conventions this weekend? Right. Different fantasy." <laughs> So, so maybe that's a thing. Is it a thing? Do you, because I, I do this sometimes, but I wonder if you do it. When you walk around these hotels and there's a convention and all you're trying to guess what the convention is. Because mm-hmm. usually it's not on the badge. You know, it's usually not broadcast over mm-hmm. the top because they're mm-hmm. usually servicing two or three at a time. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about like actual business conventions. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like pipe fitters. Yeah. Yeah, but you or don't radio, know. Like, we, yeah. Well, you can have fun with those. Um you know, the Opryland Hotel, which is massive here in Nashville, they have conventions all the time. And in college, we used to we'd, we'd go crash, like, the parties. Like, we crashed a Radio Shack party, um, corporate party at the Opryland Hotel. And my friend Kelly, who I grew up with, who's just insane, she led them all in line dancing. And it was just really fun. <laughs> but I don't know why. I just usually don't. I'm not, I'm not as interested in what conventions are there. No. Yeah. yeah. You just you want to be transported. I want to go back in time. So, do you, do you ever find yourself? <laughs> no, I'm with you. Do you ever find yourself dressing of the period, or, or taking a suitcase from that period? Like, like, is that where it's coming from? No. No. You just want to stand in the middle of it. I just want to stand in the middle. Do you middle take a lot of, of pictures? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they're well documented on the Instagram, and then I got this nice Canon camera earlier this year that, um. um I did. We stayed at the Peabody earlier this year. Took a lot of great photos at the Peabody in Memphis with the ducks. With the ducks, and they they come out and they go. They to come the out, yeah. Which, you know, the Peabody is a, a grand grand hotel. So, so are you a fan of the, of the bellman and the concierge and the, all the people who work in these hotels? Yeah, I mean, I, I that's one of the things I've been meaning to get. I recent, and I, I want to get a book on hotel management. And I think that's so alluring, but then I realize, oh, but that would involve working with people, which takes all the sexy out of it. So I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole of actually working in a hotel, you know? Uh, But I do love vaguely the concept. So if you were, uh, someone's listening to this and had really never thought of the hotels they were staying at, Mm -hmm. and they wanted to dive into Hunter Kelly land of classic hotels, what would you start them on? I would, uh, I guess just, I think the Hyatt Regency chain and like looking at the hotels, um, if you go to a city and you notice a hotel, a tall hotel with an atrium and a spaceship on the top, that was a Hyatt Regency. Um, I've seen them in Fort Lauderdale. They're out in California. They really took that design and ran with it. So I think, you know, it's one of those things, just keep an eye out when you're in a city. There's one in 
Louisville. Like we pulled into Louisville a few years ago for a show and I was on a tour bus and I called, like I saw it and called. So find out the hotel, call, see if it's open, you know, go. It's just a fun thing and you'll, you'll see them out there. It's still, still. Do, do you, do you leave anything behind or take anything from each one? Like, do you have any just pictures? Well, one of the things with the Hyatt Regencies, it's very interesting. A friend of mine just bought me, this will tie into you being from the Knoxville area. For the Hyatt, it's now, I think it's a Marriott, but it's the one downtown yeah. in Knoxville that was a Hyatt Regency. And all of the Hyatt Regency hotels, back when they actually had a key, mm-hmm. have the key ring and it's... Um, bronze and it has the an imprint of the hotel structure on it uh so i think hyatt's bringing it back the hyatt regency in atlanta just had a remodel and the check-in desk the back of you know, the back wall behind the check-in desk is these keys just huh. replicas of these keys so there those exist so i think really it would be that but that's more of an ebay thing i think with it with from these hotels i just take my photos and my memories (laughs) like national parks (laughs) yes well uh thank you for being here hey thanks it's been weird yeah that's that's the whole idea chapter two in every episode of Geekin' Out, I see if I can trade one thing I've discovered with one thing that my guest has discovered. A friendly exchange. I call it trade you. I trade you one thing that I've discovered, uh, or I'm just into like a song or a Netflix show or something, and you you trade me back something small. Uh, because you were just talking about hotel... I'll go first. Okay. Because you are just talking about hotel rooms... Um, there's a thing that the band Queens of the Stone Age started that you might enjoy uh, hearing this. And what it is, is they are secret hotel wall art. So what they started doing, because they travel around so much, my brother turned me on to this, is they, they started taking tools with them. And the tools were like a screwdriver and uh, a bunch of paint pens. And they will take down the art in a hotel room from the wall and draw new art behind it and then put it back up. They started it uh, in an arts festival in Joshua Tree and they would do people's rooms. I'm, I'm showing. Oh, pictures. wow. So they take off the, the, the painting off the wall and then they paint something behind it and then they put the painting back on. So it's as if you're, you're leaving a little secret for the next person that stays in the room. And... The reason that I think that this would be important to you is because I've always had this weird superstition that, and I think it's just from too many Tom Waits songs, that um, when you sleep in a hotel room, you take on the dreams of the person before you, right? And that's a weird superstition I've had my whole life as a songwriter. Um, but this, when my brother turned me on to it, we were, we were leaving messages for each other because he was in the band Train and Sugarland was on tour and we were both doing amphitheaters. So backstage, we were only two or three days away from each other. So we would leave things for each other behind the like the mirrors or the, under the desk and the production office or whatever, and Brandon would get them a couple days later, and he would do the same for me. Well, pretty soon after that, he called me and he said, man, I got to get you some paint pens. And I said, why? He goes, because I want you to look for my robot. And he started making this one particular robot that he would draw and put behind the 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 pictures in the hotel rooms wow. where Wait, tra- so train was has vandalized hotel rooms 
Well, yeah, but I mean, you're never going to be able to figure it out which yeah. ones. But slash, all they got to do is pipe back over it. But uh, if you just go online <laughs> and you and you, it's hidden hotel wall art is what you go look okay. for. All right. Have you ever found one of his robots? I have, but he told me where one was. Okay. In the same hotel room? Uh, yeah. I, I, I asked for a particular room and went to it because I, I didn't know if it was like, you know. For real, I didn't for know real. If it was for real. And, uh, you know, I think it's even cooler that I, in some of this research, it was, you know, the, the lead singer from Queens of Stone Age that started this. I love that. So there you go. So that's your trait. I love it. What you got for me? What I have for you is uh, the classic TV series, Roseanne. (laughs) Okay. I, um, growing up, I identified with Roseanne a lot. I I grew up in Alabama, but they were aggressively lower middle class. And so I love the humor of the show, but it was something like I, I just wanted to escape that. Hence, I'm going to these nice hotels that I always love to go to. I wanted the opulent life. So now I think that we are living in Trump's America in 2017. Um, ABC is actually bringing Roseanne back for 10 episodes with the original cast. Really? Um, both Beckys, I think, but they're going to they're gonna weigh it towards Leslie Garrison. Garrison. I don't know. Anyway, so, but going back and watching it, and especially, uh, I have the box set um, a few years ago at a Walmart. I found for $30 the entire series of Roseanne. How many seasons are there? Eight or nine. So it's a lot of DVDs. I have not really spent a lot of time with it. The kids grow up. But what's really illuminating is watching the episodes where Roseanne is sitting there explaining why certain storylines happened. So the one season is um, they lose, Dan, her husband, loses his bike shop and they're both out of a job. And so they were really tackling the recession that was happening in 91, 92 during the Bush years head on. Um, and then talking about like the college fund going away, she was like, I really, that was happening. I wanted to address that. Also, hmm. as a homosexual in Alabama, I um, was like, there are a lot of gay people in Lanford, Illinois on Roseanne. <laughs> You know, because you had Martin Mull's character who ran right. the um, ran the Rod Bell's lunch counter, which I love a lunch counter. And uh, then Nancy, played by Sandra Bernhardt, turned out to be a lesbian with Morgan Fairchild. And the reason that she had two, she wanted two gay characters on the show because both her brother and sister were gay. So both Roseanne's brother and sister. Bro, Roseanne's brother and sister are gay. Yeah. So it's just all this stuff that she was seeing from her life that she poured directly into the show. Like her daughter um, was a vegetarian, and they had these big dragouts about eating meat, and so she just made Darlene a vegetarian, and that played out over the course of the show. And did Roseanne Barr write all those songs? All those? She episodes, yeah, or? really, really involved in how they they went down. So it's just really. Um, I had no idea. Yeah, it, it's just a really solid show, and I've been binging it. And um, how does it hold up? Like it, three in a row, four in a row? Is it yeah, still go? It feels timely, and it, it feels timely, but also just really, really funny. And you've, I feel like I know these people, you know, in a way. Um, yeah. So the TV show Roseanne. Okay, I accept. <laughs> <laughs> if I start quoting Roseanne in like two weeks, it's totally your fault. All right, Kelly. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get you some paint pens for Christmas. Thank you. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Chapter three, me geeking out on music. This week, big boy and bass drops.
What is a bass drop and why is it awesome? Have you ever heard the moment where the band suddenly stops during the recording of your favorite song and when they break back in, the hair on your arm stands up and suddenly you feel like jumping up and down? Back in the day, we called it a breakdown. Now, it has a new name, The Drop. In EDM, electronic dance music, one of the coolest conventions that the artists use to make people cry with emotion has been this majestic layering and adding of sounds and rhythms to build tension and then releasing the tension. The song and sounds build and build, going higher and higher until you can't help but feel the anticipation of the release when the rhythm and the bass finally come back in. So I am obsessed with Big Boy's new album, Boomiverse, and I've been wearing it out lately. Big Boy's one half of the Atlanta hip-hop band Outkast, and this is his second solo album. I love him solo, and I love his band because they've always seemed fearless to me. I love how they absorb the influences from anywhere and everywhere around them. So one track in particular on Boomerverse called Chocolate seems that it has absorbed some of this EDM convention. Turns out, Big Boy had DJ residency at the Wynn Hotel in Vegas in 2016, and so you can hear how he has built the drop into the perfect place in chocolate. 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 Go pick up Boomerverse, download it, buy it, stream it, turn someone else onto it, and next time you hear a dance song, listen for the drop. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Geeking Out, and we are already hard at work on the next one. Are you obsessed with something amazing? Want to tell us about it? Write to us at geekingoutwithkb at gmail.com, and you might be a guest on an upcoming episode. Come find out more about me and this podcast at christianbush.com. Christian with a K, people. Follow me at Christian Bush on Twitter, Christian Bush on Instagram, Christian Bush on Facebook, and Christian M. Bush on Snapchat. Thanks to Bobby Bones for the opportunity to make this podcast, Brandon Bush for making the soundtrack and assembling the pieces, Tom Tapley for audio wizardry, and Whitney Pastrick for being a great producer and making this whole thing possible. This is Christian Bush, geeking out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.